listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Jonas, when you look at the reporting on this, is it was this something that was like a press release was done on, or was there a sense of was this a Houston leak? Was this a Carolina leak? What did you say? I mean, that's just the guy who covers them for ESPN. He covers the Panthers, and we don't have any sense. We don't have any sense if he had someone tell him off the record, or he was kind of fed the story back channel. Not sure. Yeah, that's just okay. what he was reporting on publicly. I don't see any reason that this would be something that the Houston Texans would want public. Because all it does is put pressure on the Houston Texans to respond. If you hear, hey, someone's offering some uh, person X a job, and it's like, oh, okay, hmm. Yeah, they're offering four hundred thousand a year. Really? All of a sudden, it's a conversation. All of a sudden, when the offer is above what you might think is standard, all of a sudden, it's like that guy's got to maybe talk to his wife. That guy's got to. In general, I think David Temper, the owner of Carolina, who and let's get this straight because we're going to be talking about him a lot over the next five, ten years, I'm sure. He is probably the best operator amongst the 32 owners because he cut his teeth and he rose to the top of a field, hedge funds, and we can get uh, political about hedge funds. We can get ethical. We can talk spiritually. We can do a lot of things, right? We can talk about is you know tax rates, but what we can't debate is how competitive hedge fund that field is. Literally, there's 25-year-old analysts that are making 2 or $3 million a year in hedge funds. And they're like the guy that doesn't even get, or the gal that doesn't even get to t- say, Mr. Temper, how you doing, when he walks by. Multiple millions. These guys make you know, $10 billion in a good year, you know, $5 billion in a good year. The level of competition, it's the smartest of the smart that also have some type of mental illness. Not all of them, I'm not saying he does, that they work 70 hours a week. There's that weirdest comment, and they got lucky. Like, that's who is Axe from Axe Capital, as depicted on Billions. And that's who Temper is, not necessarily the guy that's Axe. Amazingly, that's the dude that owns the Mets, supposedly, is the guy that Axe is based, Cone, based off of. But Temper, as successful as anyone in this field, he's got teams of people on this, and he started out. And it's my belief this is about putting pressure on the Texans, not just to potentially trade them, but trade Watson sooner. Because if you're Carolina and you want to take a step this year, remember, they were very involved with the Lions and Stafford. And it was a situation where they were, my understanding is, they offered the eighth pick in the draft, I think it is, for Stafford. And a lot of people think maybe they should have taken it because it was this year. But they were competitive. And, and aggressive there. They want another quarterback. They want Teddy Bridgewater to be a backup, which is probably his role if you want to get make the playoffs. Bridgewater's probably not the quarterback to bring you to the playoffs. Not impossible. Where do you got him ranked, Fess? Number 17. 
And I would say I've that got him boy, higher that's optimistic. than the Yes. Why? What? Because you bet against him twice when he was five and zero with the Saints. I think I bet against about him it. four times and went zero and four in his win streak. Then yes. <laughs> Hi. Right. At least you're honest. That's the starting point to fix it. <laughs> that's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. So Jonas. Do you uh, uh, does it make sense to you as an aficionado of the media that this wouldn't just come out for no reason? This was intentional. It was likely from the Carolina side, and it naturally feels like it is the intention is to put pressure on Houston, meaning to shake the tree of the Texans to try yes. and get him to to make the move. Um, yes. I, I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. It's well, I just why, don't, why else would it be out? I think that there's Carolina is trying to give the impression that they are being aggressive and really aggressive, and that's why. Why would it come out afterwards that they offered up the eighth pick and Teddy Bridgewater to try and get? Matt Stafford. It's like that's the part I'm struggling with, and I don't know that it's to to get Houston to make a move because it feels like that would just up the offers around the league towards the Texans. Or and and to me, that's I don't know how that would benefit Carolina. See, that's the thing. I think it's and this is a great conversation because I think that what we know for sure is it's good if they do trade them, it will be a mother load that they get back, and it will be hyper competitive. Right. So if you know that anyway, get the thing started. It strikes me. And I think it gets Watson, it strengthens his resolve. Because let's be honest, if you if you got a five year horizon, how many teams do you have back in napkin, Fez? And maybe I'll ask it and give you a minute on it. What I'm gonna ask you, I'll ask Jonas, is how many teams would you put ahead of the Panthers? with a five-year horizon amongst teams that don't have a clear starting quarterback that is not going to be displaced, right? The, you know, Obviously, the Steelers have you know, Big Ben in theory starting, but he's getting displaced. Father Time is coming in and saying, rent's due. And, but even Miami, they've got a starter, but Tua is shaky. But there's certain places like the Rams aren't looking for a starter right now, right? So the now the Cowboys, yes. So I think unless it's clearly they've got their quarterback, let's open it up to that Watson could replace them. I would put Carolina in the top five with a five-year horizon. I love the coach. I love the owner. I love everything they're doing. They got Brady as OC. I mean. What do you think, Jonas? Who, who's uh, ahead? Oh, you got your list, Fess? Yes. I, Go ahead. I've got six teams. So, Kansas City. All right, so, you think Mahomes is going to get displaced? No. Then why would you say Kansas City? We only want teams that don't have a rock-solid starter. Oh. Because, really, if you think about it, Watson isn't good. Yeah, right? He's a quarterback. Jonas, what do you got? I would put him in the top five. It's too hard to tell what... what quarterback is going to be there obviously it would be an easier question to answer if we knew okay they've got Watson or they've committed to Bridgewater because you know that's where their commitment level is at I think well this where is, it's not you mean with yeah Bridgewater. And, and I think this is a critical offseason towards looking at their future because if they land Watson or they they go and get a quarterback in the draft and they're clearly in the market obviously for a quarterback upgrade if that's the case and they find the right guy 
they've, there's a lot there that you got to like, similar to what was happening in San Francisco. And I think a lot of it goes back to, and we talked about it at the time, when they gave Matt Rule that long contract and mm-hmm. basically said, you're our guy, and they outbid for him because there were other teams out there that wanted Matt Rule as well. And they said, you're our guy, and we'll even give you extra years to figure this thing out. I think they put the plan in place at that moment. Yeah, I agree with that. And if you really think about it, and you look through, if you look at twenty-year type horizons, the ownership is as important as anything. Think about it: Patriots, yeah. great ownership; Steelers, great ownership. The teams that win, win, and win—that seems to be the common theme. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at six p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's my understanding that there's only three players in the NFL that have a no-trade clause. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and... Jimmy Graham, of all people. Jimmy Graham. Mm. Hey, give give him credit, right? (laughs) Okay, so let's think of the premise of Jonas's setup. And don't forget, about two years ago, right here on this show, on these airwaves, I said during the Zeke holdout in Cabo, I said, where does it end? Where does it end? Because when you are at the point where literally the rules at the time, and still the rules are, that it just was the beginnings of the ability for Dallas to extend him. Like, if they, they couldn't have extended him a month before. It was illegal. It's like someone turning 16, and a month later, they're suing their parents because they don't have a car yet. <laughs> it's like, all right, I don't know about ever doing that, but maybe wait a couple of years. No, no. It's like, you can actually... You could have upped me three days ago. I'm out of here. I'm going to Cabo. That seemed a little out of bounds. Where is it going to end? Well, now we have a situation with Deshaun Watson. Now, think about this a second. We have a guy that has a no-trade clause demanding a trade. So, he literally gets to say, oh, I know I just signed a you know what five-year contract for hundreds of millions of dollars, but I've decided I don't like it here anymore. And I don't want to be forced to stay here and make a half a billion in the next five years or whatever, close to it. All right. We can debate that. I think it goes against Watson. And I love Watson as a player. I love everything I hear about him off the field. You know, I'm, I don't know him, but I got no problem with him. I mean, he's a winner. I love winners. I mean, won a national title. But I don't understand how a person that the team can't trade can demand a trade and then somehow be dictating where he gets traded to. Now, that sounds like pure free agency, which exists, but not when you're in the middle of, not in the middle, at the beginning of a five-year contract. The thing that no one wants to say, because almost every host, and I don't blame them for this, They want to put themselves off as part of the proletariat. They're part of the working class. So they're going to be on the side of the players because that's who the fans are on most of the time. It's like, 
come on. A lot of these radio guys are making a million, five million, ten million a year. They're not part of the working class. Like, just forget that right off the. But the further they get from it, the more they act like it. All right. So let's be candid here. How is it that the owners have to abide by contracts and the players don't? If the owner said, oh, um, Aaron Rodgers, who signed an all-cash contract, people say, well, uh, the, the owners can cut them anytime they want. Well, yeah, because that's the deal that was signed. You can sign a deal like Aaron Rodgers did that said it's all cash, it's all guaranteed, right? And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Cousins has almost all guaranteed money. Hey, you have leverage. You can negotiate a no-trade clause. You can negotiate whatever you want. But then you got a deal. You can't do business if deals don't count. So let's start there, and it's nothing against Watson, but a guy with a no-trade clause is demanding a trade, and thus he gets to dictate where he goes. But now we're going to go one step further. As Jonas said in his setup, and you're right in that that's the perception, Jonas, is Wentz is going to decide where he goes? Why? So, I'm confused. He signed a long-term deal. He doesn't even have a no-trade clause, but now he gets to decide where he gets traded to? Yeah, and and that's the that's the part of this that doesn't add up. It's it's a guy who clearly is damaged goods for lack of a better term. Uh, they can't. That sounds up to like this, the right term. Yeah, they can't up to this point get a first round pick for him. So not only is he now not worth what he was when he came into the league, but now he's also trying to dictate where it is that he's going to go play football next. And as we discussed, them hiring Sirianni was choosing. Went over the coach who had just won a Super Bowl for us. So I think that was probably a smart move if you had lock in from Wentz. But why they're going to lose both the coach and Wentz? And as much as I wasn't a huge Peterson lover, I mean, it's hard to think he wasn't better than what we, this unknown that's Sirianni right now, that no one even knew, let's be candid, no one knew his name. He wasn't like some super well-known hot coordinator. It was because he was with Wentz. Think about it. It was he was or not even with Wentz, right? But he was with Reich. Mm-hmm. Now, or, you know, most recently, and Reich was with Wentz. So this is like once removed. <laughs> he was with Wentz, so they hire the guy, and then and Wentz says, "Oh, that's a nice gesture. Trade me." <laughs> and by the way, I don't want to go to the Bears. <laughs> and by the way, make sure my check hits. Don't delay that check even one day. You know, my whatever, whatever, a million dollar check or whatever it is. Well, not a million. Forget that. They get what? 16 game checks, right? I think the way it goes in the NFL. And he's making how much? 34.7. Hmm. I'm going to do some math here. That's over two million. <laughs> two million a freaking week. And he's just pointing and dictating. Where is it going to end? Jonas, you were skeptical. You thought, who did I get a show with that was saying that two years ago? Have you moved 
directionally towards me on this. Uh, no, I mean, I've always but felt no, that— No, yes, you said no. That can't be the answer. Well, I've always felt that <laughs> there is there is this thing in the media where I don't know if it's they want more access or whatever it is, but there feels like a, a push to side with players at all costs. And to me, I just think each situation is different. In the case of Deshaun Watson, I don't understand how people are okay with what he's doing. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't get how he's getting a pass. And, and the Carson Wentz stuff is just bizarre that he still thinks that he can But call it seems shots. like it's working. It seems I, like it's working. Apparently, yeah. Where's it going to end? And I'll tell you this. Let's assume the Wentz reporting is accurate, okay? We, we can't be sure. But let's assume that for a second. I think Wentz is more egregious because you can make the following case. Watson had a monster year. It was his best year. I think the case could be made behind Aaron Rodgers. He had the second best year, better than Mahomes. Now, if so, it'd be a smidgey a smidge. It'd be small. But he's right there in the conversation. You know, it's funny. Fez looks at his uh, quarterback rankings like it's like the Ten Commandments. <laughs> like, they're your rankings, Steve. You're looking going, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I'm going to confirm that. Yes, that's your rankings. You know, and the beauty of Watson <laughs> is his ceiling is so high. It wouldn't surprise any of us two years from now if Watson was the best quarterback in the NFL, right? I think that, well, certainly with Aaron Rodgers hitting, you know, an you know, an age drag to some point, I think. Though who knows, right? Okay. So, the question is how much of a shortfall, how short of the contract is Carson Wentz falling? Because you could make the case even with the jumbo contract Watson exceeded it last year. And I also, to finish that comparison, Jonas, in my opinion, you could make the case if you looked at it with you know your eye askew and squinted, Houston's changed a lot in the last year or so. Now, hasn't changed a lot since he signed the contract. But, you know, different coach, J.J. Watt's gone, uh, the owner passed away, now the son's there, this... Uh, uh, Oh, I'm having a mental block. The the uh, the spiritual consultant fellow. Oh, Jack uh, Easterby. yeah, Jackie. Yeah. yeah, Easterby's in and apparently having a huge influence. You could and and also under the deceased owner, there was comments that I think fairly could be taken as you know racially insensitive. So you could, but but. Since most of that, if not all of it, happened before Watson signed the contract at the beginning of last year, I'm not sure how much of an excuse it is, but I think it helps the narrative a little, even though the timeline's not obvious to most you know, casual observers. The Wentz thing feels like, here's a guy signed a jumbo contract, he played horribly, he doesn't connect with his teammates, it seems, and now he's making, de- and we fired a coach over him. And it still didn't satisfy him. And now he's saying, I'm going to one team and one team only. Tell me when it's done. <laughs> that, that, and, is, and is that even for a fact? I mean, is there anything about that that isn't like what it is, right? No, it's accurate. Yeah. And Jonas, you said, I think because they want access. Well, we know, and you know better than me, that if it is a beat writer, if it is someone who's embedded in a way with the team, that is a trade-off they got to make, right? Yeah, is of they'll put out the, yeah. Go, yeah, they'll put out stuff that, that that they want out as long as they think it's true. They're not going to put out lies. 
But and, and listen, that's part of the game. It's if you're going to cry about that, you're going to you know if I cry about that, you're crying about everything. But I'm saying, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular because all of them are doing it. Why does national host X Y Z? And I'm not saying everyone though. Is there? I haven't heard Clay on this. Do we have any sense of where Clay's at on this, Jonas? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think I mean, uh, he's a guy that will go against the grain. It seems sometimes. Uh, like I know Doug Gottlieb's been outspoken against the Deshaun Watson strategy. Okay. And said, yeah, he's all. I don't, I don't understand. He was outspoken against the Draymond Green strategy. Just this idea that that it's victimhood and all the other things that go along with it. It's no. It's part of business. You signed a contract. What are we doing here? And we're gonna in, in the Draymond. I think fits into this because the Draymond situation fundamentally changes sports what he's saying and i'm not even saying that it doesn't have merit it's like but let's understand what it is he's saying be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific how much is carson wentz shortfall in the contract so we looked at it and we said all right how much is carson getting paid Next year, or this is the 2020 cap hit, 34.7 million. And then we compared it to Jared Goff. Now, why Goff? Because we know that Goff was sent in that Stafford trade with a first round pick around his neck, kind of like a coffee cake you give your kid when you send them to the neighbors and they don't want them, but you got to get them out of the house for a couple hours. That's what the first round pick was. And the question is, well, how does Jared Goff compare to his contract compared to Wentz? And Wentz, $34.7 million, Goff, $27.8. Now, in Fezzik's 10 commandments or 32 commandments of quarterback ranking, he's got Wentz 20th, Goff 25th. So, we, rank, we ranked the quarterbacks last year 1-32 to 32 and said, okay, what's the 20th quarterback get? Yeah, what's the 25th quarterback get? Then we subtracted that number where they should be paying for that performance from the contract. And this is what we got. Carson Wentz's shortfall last year was $24 million. From 34.7 versus the slot at number 20. I think 20 is generous. Mm-hmm. Very generous, but okay. Jared Goff's shortfall, $20 million. Carson Wentz's contract is three more years. Goff's is two. So literally by saying, if they play like last year, which would be the best year to tell us how they're going to play, Carson Wentz is $72 million overpaid the next three years. Goff is $41 million overpaid. And Goff, they had to give a first-round pick along with them to take the contract. But they're going to get what for Wentz? Jonas, does that analysis resonate with you? Yeah, it's it, Carson Wentz. I would say right now, Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. And I think that's we, true. Yeah, I think last year he certainly was a hundred percent. And and even I I don't know. I mean, how many starters in the NFL from last season had? Worse years than Carson Wentz. I mean, by some stats, none. That's the I mean, thing. The QBR you worship, Faz. Where was his QBR? Twenty seventh. Yeah. So you just you're going on pedigree. And listen, yes. And part of pedigree matters, right? Yeah. But if he had been fine the year before, he wasn't. 